We're going to continue our teaching series today, Overcome. We've been looking at the life of Jesus from, uh, from Luke's gospel, this travel narrative, this story. A couple of weeks ago, Jesus said, hey, you see that temple? I'm going to be the new temple. Last week, we uh, looked at the Passover feast, and Jesus said, hey, you see that slaughtered lamb? That's me. We're going to continue this story today. If you brought your Bibles, you can open them up to Luke chapter 22. But since it's narrative, um, I need some help telling the story, as usual. So uh, I'm going to call some guys out. Hey, Josh and AJ, would y'all come up here? Would y'all come help me? But I need some more help. Hey, Liliana, would you come help? Yes, she will. Good. Awesome. She hesitated for a second, but I encourage. See how that works. Go ahead. Come on up. Um, I, I'm going to need some more help, too. How about uh, Andy? Can you come up here and help? Brant's in the bathroom. On the count of three, everybody say Brant. One, two, three. Brant. <laughs> awesome. And audience, you're going to have a part to play in this, too. Um, no, you're not going to have to read. You're not going to have to read. Uh, but I do need to give you parts. Uh, Liliana, you are going to be a servant girl. Can you handle that? Um, I also need, um, I need a Peter. AJ, I think you'd be perfect. You look like a Peter to me. Uh, don't hide behind Josh. Uh, and then I also need a character to play Jesus. Um, Andy, yeah, perfect. Yeah, that's what I was thinking too. <laughs> All right, so why don't we come over here. You guys, we'll start over here. Come over here. Josh, you just get to be a man. All right, I'm going to send you off the stage. I'm going to. Come over here. All right, so you know who you are. Jesus, Peter, servant girl, servant man. Perfect. Let me set the stage for you. Last week, Jesus was in the upper room with his disciples. Remember, they're celebrating this amazing feast, this Passover feast. And Jesus takes this meal and gives a whole new meaning to it. He says, you see this bread, you see this cup, that's me. Do this in remembrance of me. I'm taking the place of this lamb. On me are going to be all of the sins of the world. You're going to have new life through me. Immediately after the meal, Jesus goes with his, his closest friends, his apostles, his disciples, disciples up to this place called the Mount of Olives. And on the Mount of Olives, there's this beautiful garden called the Garden of Gethsemane. And there Jesus tells his, uh, his followers, he says, I want you to pray with me, pray with me, pray with me. And Jesus goes a little bit away and he begins to pray desperately. Father God, if you can take this cup from me, take it from me, but... Your will be done. And he prays with such intensity and such strength and such emotion that it says he begins to sweat like drops of blood. That's some pretty serious prayer. And while he is praying, his disciples, after a nice big meal, have what? Fallen asleep. And Jesus goes and rouses them and says, man, don't give in to temptation. Wake up, wake up. It's time to pray. And right as he wakes them up, who shows up? One of his own, a man named Judas, with a crowd of people, shows up there in this garden in the middle of the night. And Judas approaches Jesus 
and gives him a kiss. And Jesus says, with a kiss, you would betray the Son of Man. The kiss is the sign to the rest of the group that's there to grab Jesus and arrest him. The disciples stirring from their slumber are are scurrying about, not exactly sure what to do. And Peter, we think, lunges out awkwardly with the sword and does what? Slices off the ear of one of the the crowd, one of the servants there, a man named Malchus. And Jesus says, enough of this. And he heals Malchus and puts his ear back on. And this is where we pick up our story. So the men and women, the crowd, arrest Jesus. So Josh and Liliana, I want you to arrest Jesus. Nice. (laughs) How do you know that? Uh, Never mind. Um, You can go ahead and put that scripture on the screen. We're just going to kind of act this out as, uh, as as we follow along. It says, so they arrested him and led him to the high priest's home. So the high priest's home is just right over there by that microphone. I thought we were servants. It says, and Peter followed at a distance. So the servants, the, uh, you guys get to be servants and military. So now Josh and Liliana, come back over here. No, he gets to stay. It says the guards lit a fire in the middle of the courtyard and sat around it. Yeah, there you go. Warm your hands. And then it says, and Peter joined them there. All right, Liliana, this is your big moment. A servant girl noticed him in the firelight and began staring at him. Finally, she said, repeat after me, Liliana. This man was one of Jesus' followers. But Peter denied it. Repeat after me. Yeah, okay, good. You're going to read it. Awesome, go. I don't even know him. After a while, someone else looked at him and said, Josh, this can be you. You must be one of them. You must be one of them. No, man, I'm not. No, man. You got it all wrong. About an hour later, Brant, who was in the bathroom, (laughs) insisted. This must be one of them because he's a Galilean too. But Peter said, this is your line, Peter. And immediately while he was still speaking, oh, I forgot the most important part. Crowd, you get to be the rooster. All right, ready? Hold on, yeah. Wait for your cue. And immediately while he was still speaking, the rooster crowed. And at that moment... All right, Peter, stand up. At that moment, Jesus, the Lord, turned and looked at Peter. And suddenly the Lord's words flashed through Peter's mind before the rooster crows tomorrow morning. You will deny three times that you even know me. And Peter left the courtyard weeping bitterly. Hold on, hold on. You missed your part. Weeping bitterly. Okay, nice. All right, give him a hand, give him a hand. You guys can go take your seat again. Hey, Peter, I need you for one more second. I need, you can have a seat. Jesus, I need you too. 
Josh, go take a seat, please. Where are your parents? So there's a moment in this story, and I, I know we just had a lot of fun, uh, and I want, I want to have fun, but there's a, such an important and powerful moment that, that Luke records. All of a sudden in this entire narrative that has the spotlight pointed on Jesus, Luke takes the spotlight and points it on the man, Peter. Peter has just said at the meal, he has just told Jesus, I would never deny you. I would, I would fight to the death for you. And at the Passover meal, Jesus says, no, you don't understand. Before the rooster crows, you're going to deny me three times. And Peter says, that's, that's not me. You got this all wrong. And just a few moments later, Sitting by firelight, Jesus, uh, Peter is confronted three times said, don't you know, aren't you one of his? And three times, Peter denies Jesus. And then Luke gives us this incredible picture in verse 61. Right as Peter says that third denial, man, I don't know him. It says... At that moment, the Lord turned and looked at Peter. So I want you guys just to look at each other. All right, Jesus, he just denied you three times. There you go. <laughs> you just got busted by Jesus, who you swore you would never deny, and now you've just denied him three times. What's the look on your face? Don't look at me. Look at each other. Intensity, darn. <laughs> awesome actors. All right, you guys can take a seat. Give them one more hand. I love that as humans, we can convey so much with just one Look, am I right? Let's practice it together. All right, so pick somebody next to you. Maybe you're sitting next to somebody. I want you to look into their eyes, stare into their eyes. Pick somebody. Some of you, some of you introverts are dying right now. I know you are. You're dying inside. It's all right. Find someone, stare into their eyes. And here, I'm going to give you some, uh, I'm going to give you some things to practice with just a look. I don't want you to touch them or speak. Uh, I, I'm going to, I want you with just a look to convey excitement. Go. With just a look, are they getting it? Why are you giggling? With just a look, convey excitement. Okay, now go from excitement to frustration. With just a look, frustration. All right, now with just a look, go, to, go straight to joy. Can you communicate joy? All right, this one will be easy. Maybe try disappointment with just a look. Don't give up. Keep going. Disappointment. Last one. Get ready. Lock eyes with the person next to you. You can do this. Earth-shattering love. The deepest, purest love you could imagine. Can, can you communicate it with a look? Man, they're just got red faces everywhere. Just happened. I love uh, 
The Painting by Carl Heinrich Bloch. He's a Danish painter. In the 19th century, he, he painted 23 paintings depicting the life of Christ. And one of his paintings was a painting from this moment, from this scene from Luke. It's called Peter's Denial. I think we have it. There it is. You see Peter close here. Obviously, we've got the, the roosters running around. They're gathered around the fire. The servant girl, you see her begin to recognize he, he looks very familiar. Isn't he one of, and, and I love how she's getting ready to point him out and call him out and where's his attention? And deep hidden in the background, and, and I love that it, it's kind of obscure. Wrapped in a royal garment is Jesus. And you can't quite make out the detail of his face, and that's actually on purpose because you can all imagine it, can't you? I love that Luke includes this moment. This is, as a church, we've passed out palms. We're getting ready to enter into Holy Week which next week we're going we're gonna to remember the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. But, but for Peter, that whole week, that whole motion starts in this moment. If there is a place, if there is a meditation for you to begin Holy Weekend, it is this moment because it is the moment where Peter sees Jesus and Jesus sees Peter. Now, I don't want to be too critical of Peter because at least he made it to the courtyard, right? Where are the rest of the disciples? Yeah, they didn't even make it that close. So I don't, want to be, I don't want to be too critical of Peter. He had courage at least to get this far. But still, Jesus sees Peter not as Peter would want. I think there's a great truth for us in that too. I think we want our friends and neighbors to see the best version of ourselves, right? I, I feel the conviction as, as the guy who has the microphone and all the lights pointed at me. I want you to see me in my best light. But there is a truth in my life too, right? That, that if you knew the truth of some of my sins, if you knew the truth of some of my desires, my face would be pretty red. Jesus sees Peter not as he would want it, and I think he sees us in that same light. Man, we would want Jesus, we would want God to see, see us at our best and, and our brightest. We would want him to see the best versions of ourselves. But Jesus sees us, as, as I love the words of, of the old hymn, as it so beautifully says, Jesus sees us just as I am. Just as I am without one plea, just as I am, though tossed about with many a conflict, many a doubt, fights and fears within. In the gaze of Jesus, we are totally disarmed. 
Jesus sees us and sees all of our sin and shame. All of it is exposed. Our own disbelief is exposed. We are exposed in the gaze of Jesus. And Peter's response is to weep bitterly. We talked about the ugly cry. Have you had that moment? Can you imagine that moment? Have you ever been in that place where, where you're, the worst part of you has just come to the surface and someone else has seen it and recognized it? And probably it's come to the surface because you've injured that other person, you've hurt that other person, you've damaged that other person. I think every child has, can think of a moment where they felt this, that like, man, this is not who I want to be and I'm, I'm embarrassed and I'm ashamed and I'm, I'm hurt and I'm broken. Jesus sees us in our naked state. And at our most vulnerable, we see him. Imagine the face of Jesus in this moment. Just, just put yourself in Peter's shoes. Imagine looking across that that dark courtyard, and, and I don't know how, how Luke records it or how it happens. Was Jesus walking by a window or, or an open kind of entrance at exactly that moment? But in that moment, as these words, I don't know him, come out of his mouth. In that moment, your eyes lock with the eyes of Jesus. Can you imagine it? And in those eyes, what do you see? Pain? Hurt? Loneliness? Abandonment? It is said that the, the real penalty of sin is to face not the anger of Jesus but the heartbreak in his eyes. Jesus looks on Peter as a parent, looks upon any wayward child. The times that I've most disappointed the people I love and care about, they I, I, know, I know that my mistakes and my failings have, have sunk the deepest because they're not angry. They're just kind of spent. They're just kind of tired. You know what I'm talking about? And I think Peter sees in Jesus' face the deepest, purest love imaginable. We know this is true because of what happens next. Jesus is going to be taken from the high priest home and he's going to be placed before Pilate. And Pilate is this corrupt Roman guy. And Pilate says, I can't get anything out of him. I'm going to go and I'm going to put him in front of Herod. And Herod says, well, I can't get anything out of him either. But neither Pilate nor Herod find him guilty. And both try to release him. But crowds of people gather around and they chant and they cry out for Jesus 
crucifixion. And in just a few pages, in just a few chapters, this Jesus who Peter just locked eyes with is going to die the most painful, ugly, horrific, humiliating death in history. And yet I think the gaze that Peter and Jesus share is one of the deepest, pure, the most deep, pure love imaginable. How is it love, love you say? It's because Jesus knows our disbelief. He, he's seen it with his own eyes and still he goes and, and stays the course. Do you see that? He's not deterred by, by Peter's failings or his disbelief or his sin. He knows Peter is sinful and he goes anyway. He goes to death to overcome our unbelief, to overcome our sin and shame. This is the man Jesus came to save. He goes to the cross. He endures this horrible death because of Peter's dis. Belief. This is the man Jesus came to save. Not perfect and sinless, but a man bound by fear and shame and failure. Romans chapter 5 verse 8 says, While we were still sinners... Christ died for us. That is love. I love this moment. As you enter Holy Week, I think this is a moment you should hold on to. We should, we should put ourselves in Peter's shoes and put ourselves in Jesus' shoes. We should, we should, in our minds, act it out again and again and again. This, this one sincere, naked moment, moment one revealing look that, that can change everything. But I think this moment is so important. The moment that Jesus' eyes and Peter's eyes meet. The moment when our eyes, when we look into the face of Jesus and Jesus looks into our face. This is a critical moment. In this moment, we learn everything we need to know about Jesus. If you fast forward just a little bit, this is the last time uh, Peter and Jesus, well, as far as we know, the last time Peter and Jesus see each other before Jesus' death. How would you like for that to be your last moment? We see Peter turning away, weeping bitterly, struggling, agonizing over his own sin, over his own failure, over his own disbelief. But if you fast forward just a little bit into Luke, I want to tell you more of Peter's story. Jesus is taken before the high, uh, the high priest. He's taken before Pilate and Herod. He is sentenced. He is given a death sentence. He is taken to the cross and dies a horrible, unimaginable death. And is placed. his body is placed in a tomb. 
Three days later, some women show up, show up at the tomb to anoint Jesus' body, but guess what? The tomb is empty. The women, not knowing what to do, run back to the other disciples. They, it says they run to them and say, he is risen. And the other disciples, they say, nah, I don't know if we believe that. But if you look carefully, there is one who, when the news comes, he stands and he runs towards the tomb. And it's Peter. Desperate for one more moment in Jesus' gates. Luke goes on to tell of a story of two men who make a walk to this town called Emmaus. And while they're walking, there is one who appears next to them who they do not recognize. But then all of a sudden their vision clears as Jesus breaks the bread and they see him as Jesus. These two men immediately make an about face and they go back and they rush in to tell the disciples in Jerusalem we have seen Jesus. And if you look carefully at Scripture, in chapter 24, verse 34, the disciples say, yes, he has really risen. He appeared to who? Peter. He got his chance to see Jesus again. I love that we move from a scene of Peter weeping bitterly for denying Christ to a scene of Peter running with all he's got to be with him. This is what Holy Week is all about. I want to share those lyrics again with you. Here we are in this moment, fixed in the gaze of God, fixed in the gaze of Jesus. Just as I am, without one plea, but that thy blood was shed for me, and that thou bids me come to thee, O Lamb of God, I come. In just a moment, I'm going to dismiss you to a time of communion together. And we have the table set up around the room. Last week, we expressed how important this meal is, that it is a meal of sharing. And you guys did so awesome last week. And so we want to send you to this table to share Christ with each other again. I know you want your, some of you feel much more comfortable with your own quiet time, quiet moment. You got all week for that. This is an incredible moment for you to share Christ together. So on the table are the elements that, that Jesus himself used, the bread and the cup. We get to take these elements and remember his death, his burial, and his resurrection. And as you go to the tables this week, I send you with this question. What does Jesus see when he looks into your face? And what do you see when you look into his? Let me say a prayer for us, and I'll dismiss us to a time of communion together. Father God, I thank you so much for your word. 
Uh, thank you for this story. The, the failings of, of Peter, Father God, frankly, they just seem, they seem way too familiar. Father God, we, can, we confess our moments of doubt. We confess our, our moments of fear. Maybe even now in this space, God, there are those who, who don't know you. And so, God, I just ask as we enter into this space, this, this shared meal, this fellowship meal, where we endeavor to remember you, Father God, I, I pray that we would come face to face. It's not my, it's not my job or role to, to try to change hearts. Father God, only you can do that, and I believe you can do that with a single look. So, Father God, let us move into this space let us gaze again into your face. And in your eyes, Father, may we discover the truth of who you are. May we discover the truth of your love and grace and forgiveness. May we find ourselves anew. Father, we love you. And in your son Jesus' name, everybody together says,